Podcast 129, Animalize, Side 1. Out of the frying pan and into the fire, back with Animalize, right guys? Wouldn't have it any other way. Alright. Animalize! <laughs> Alright, Kiss Army. You wanted the best? You got the best. Now close your eyes. You're about to be podcast. And with that familiar music, you are listening to your podcast. I'm Ken Mills, and I'm joined by Gary Schaller. Hello. And I'm also joined by the ever effervescent BJ Cramp. <laughs> Hello. Well, I, I still don't know what that means, but... It means you're bubbly. <laughs> yeah, you, you're like, you, you you're the life of the party. Yeah, you're the life of the party. You, oh. you fizz. <laughs> Like Alka-Seltzer. Yeah, or Airborne. <laughs> Today we're talking about, I feel, an album that kind of is in the Rodney Dangerfield pool with a lot of KISS fans that it gets no respect. From 1984, it's Analyze Side One. I'm going to just start this conversation off. I'm going to drop the gauntlet or whatever it is, whatever right. that expression is. I'm, I'm just going to, this is the mic drop moment. Ready? Mm-hmm. I think that they look cool on the back cover of Animalize. There I said it. I think they look cool as well. BJ, your thoughts? Yeah, I don't have a problem with it. And that's our show. No, um, <laughs> we have a lot to be thankful for from this album. Like, for example... Had we not had this, there would be no Kiss animalized live and uncensored. And I don't want to think about a Kiss tree where that doesn't happen. I don't want to think about a world without that video. <laughs> Same here. I was watching it last night. It's just—it's still so much fun. BJ, yep. do you love I, that? Yeah. What year did that? Was did that come out in '84 too? Uh, let me find out. Let me find. I out. think it. Was, I think it was advertised in '85 with the. Uh, it was like a pack-in flyer that came with. Uh, asylum you could send away for the video cassette and the, okay. i think we, my memory of seeing that for the first time was when we first got it i think it was when we first got a vcr in my family we had one tv in the house and we used to rent videos and i got my dad i you know harassed my dad into renting that and he had to sit there and watch it with me and he just hated it what? i remember that very well and i remember being tortured to have to watch it with him sitting there hating it but, you know, back then with one TV in the house, it was like, you know, you were stuck watching whatever right. was on. And, uh, yeah, that's my memory of that video. <laughs> I was watching it last night, and then I was doing the the speaking along with Paul. And he would be saying something, I'd, and then I'd say unnecessary finger sucking at this point, And then <laughs> continue on with the dialogue. And my stepson was looking at me like I was a very weird person. And I am. <laughs> Animalize Live and Uncensored was recorded on December 8th, 1984, and it was released on April 19th, 1985. I have fond memories of buying that, and I remember paying a huge chunk of change for it. It was like 39 bucks, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Yeah, it was crazy how much they charged for VHS back then. Worth every penny. Still. (laughs) Such a great video. I mean, really, though, like, to have a full Kiss concert on video cassette with such a great set list too. If it hadn't been for Animalize, we probably wouldn't have had that tour, which meant we wouldn't have had Animalize live and uncensored. But to me, Animalize is one of those albums that 
when I think about listening to it, I kind of don't go for it. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But when I crack it open and I listen to the individual tracks, I realize I love a lot of them. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like I just like, ah, I don't want that. But then when I'm inside, it's like, oh, this is a lot better than I thought it was. And I don't know, God help me, even some of the Gene songs are coming around, but we'll get to that. Hi, everybody. I'm Gene Simmons, and you're not. You're listening to Pop Kiss. Gene kind of gets the, uh, if there's an MVP, what would it, what would the other side of that L- be? The L- LVP award? LVP, yeah. <laughs> what's, what's LVP? Least valuable? Least valuable, yeah. <laughs> well, but it's, but it's hard to say someone's the least valuable player when they have half of the songs on the album, right? Mm-hmm. I agree. Well, oh, don't get me started on that shit. Uh-huh. <laughs> Because I, I, I got a whole tirade that I could do about not the quality necessarily, although I like a lot of those songs, but the, but the complaints about quantity or absence or uh, lack of gene contributions in the 80s, I think, which is greatly exaggerated. Mm-hmm. Well, we might as well get into the round table and our first track as we crack into the mighty Animal Eyes from 1984. Let's let's get past this leopard skin and zebra skin uh, headbands and uh, pelts and all this stuff, and let's let's crack open the album. Side one, track one. I've had enough into the fire, written by Paul Stanley and Desmond Child. first Kiss record that I remember looking forward to, like, knowing about it like before it came out, mm-hmm. right? Because I was in like third or fourth grade when this came out, and you know I didn't know about Creatures before seeing it on the shelf, right? and I didn't know that they took their makeup off before seeing Lick It Up on the shelf. So I had that awesome experience of walking into the record store and seeing Lick It Up and being like, oh my god! But I heard on, I don't know, what is it, Entertainment Tonight or one of those shows, about Kiss having a new record coming out called Animal Eyes. And when I heard it on the news, I actually, the way my brain heard it was Animal Eyes. Mm. Right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Right. So I was like, I, I remember like imagining in my head what that was going to look like, that like the cover would have like, uh, like ferocious cat eyes or something like that on it. And then I really liked the album cover <laughs> when it came out because I, I'd so thought about it in my like, you know, age seven or eight or nine year old head and that first song i mean i still I, I hear it and i could still think about having the vinyl taking out the record putting it on the turntable all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. 
that song still blows me away with how powerful and just kick-ass it is. BJ Cramp. Yeah, I love this song. It's kind of my favorite kind of song because it's fast-paced and it has a great melody. You know, all the melodies in the song are great, and I think the lyrics are, <laughs> for Kiss lyrics especially, they're they're really good and they really fit the feel of the song. So, you know, kind of the whole package of this song is a home run for me. It's by far my favorite on the album and, you know, probably in my top 10 Kiss songs of the 80s, I would say. Me too. You mentioned that when you heard the name Animal Eyes, you thought it was Animal Eyes, right? Yeah, that's hilarious. <laughs> I'm now thinking, I never thought of that. <laughs> I, I'm now thinking how blessed we are to have the cover that we got. As opposed to like, wasn't there a Poison album cover with a, like a woman made up like an animal and she had open up and say ah yeah Yeah, Yeah. open up and and then they censored it yeah Yeah. (laughs) well don't forget this is also when Cats came out you know like around the time that that musical was on Broadway you know so everywhere there were those posters with the eyes on them so that really would have been I think a misstep but anyway yeah wow I think we lucked out on getting the pelts now. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it turns out that Kiss knows better about what to do for Kiss than, than my fourth grade brain does. So, you know. We figured out some way to spin this album cover into a positive. That's impressive. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, uh, the song aside, this really did affect my fashion because I remember going to the Animalized concert tour and I dressed like Gene Simmons, you know, with the, with the weird fur-like things on his arms. <laughs> the Conan the Barbarian look. I've and, never been a religious man, Ken, but if there are pictures of uh, of you in that era wearing that, I it may it may bolster my faith in God. Well, if I can find them, you'll see them. It's but, awesome. Uh, <laughs> you know, they're they're right up there with uh, what is it? My mother's a raft. What, <laughs> what what song is it? My mother's my uncle's a raft. My mother is beautiful. Yeah, my mother's a raft. So it's probably right near those it's 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 in the storage facility of the elder (laughs) i remember going to like dollar stores or five and dime or whatever heck they were called then and they would have all these headbands that you could buy that were like these you know leopard skins and cheetah and zebra skins and tiger and all that stuff along with of course the japanese headband so i could feel like i was vinnie vincent kind of you know from the lick it up era and then we had the british flag which as a Def leopard fan you know that was the coolest of cool then so yeah so that's just wow just looking at that cover it takes me back to that you know what i'm saying do you do you kind of miss that though i miss being young and stupid so yes (laughs) i just can't imagine a 53 year old ken mills running around you know going into business and stores and wrapped up in zebra print it's just no but anyway so on on with the song i've had enough into the fire what a rollicking kickoff to this album it really kicks ass is there any other band you could hear singing this like could you imagine judas priest doing it maybe Uh, yeah maybe yeah i don't think i would like it as much really well yeah that's because you're a kiss fan yeah the, the song just kicks ass there's a lot of great stomp to it i love the drum work in it and which songs didn't Mark St. John play on this, Gary? Which songs didn't Mark St. John play on this? Yeah, I'm trying well, to remember. Bruce Kulick did the solo on Lonely as the Hunter. Yeah. Right. And I, and I want to say one of, the, one of the last two songs as well. Like maybe there's another one where it's not him. 
I mean, it's clearly him on I've Had Enough. I don't know if it's him on Heaven's on Fire. There's nothing like a guitar solo on there. Right. No, I yeah, that, I bet that's Paul. Yeah, that sounds like uh, it's similar to like fire. the I Love It Loud yeah. <laughs> simple thing. I'm going to say I do not like Mark St. John's lead guitar on this at all, personally. And I would guess he probably didn't do much else besides play those leads. I think Paul probably did almost all the, the rhythm guitars. That's what I would think. Do you guys think so? Oh, yeah. No, I think that's. I think most of that is Paul. Yeah, yeah because he, I, I just can't imagine these guys sitting around rehearsing with him a lot and developing the song. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, we, and we know they didn't. You know, we know that so much of this was just Paul engineering it on his own. Right. But Mark St. John's solos have no melody, and there's such a contrast between the Lonely It's a Hunter solo that Bruce Kulick did, which is, sounds like an actual guitar solo with melody hmm. as opposed to what mark st john does which i just don't think is any good personally i like this solo i do I, too. i've had enough solo i think because it's to me i could sing it i particularly like the part that goes i'm, I'm gonna do this i'm sorry it, no it's do it goes, do it you know what i'm talking about yes. yeah you're right there's i guess there's more melody in the solo on this song it gets pretty ridiculous in some of the other stuff with like yes. the uh it's yes. just all for the sake of playing fast but you know like the beginning of under the gun it's just like wow you could yeah. do that that's really cool <laughs> well i would have to say that this was probably the best choice to kick off the album yeah For sure yeah and can we talk about like sister songs right uh in history i think maybe we've talked about this before but like i think the same way that um exciter is like a sister song to creatures of the night not mm-hmm. that i'm saying it's anywhere near as, as enjoyable but uh, I think King of the Mountain is like the the little the little cousin to I've had enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? sure. The way yeah. That, like um, uh, a million to one is like nowhere to run, you know? Right. Or Th- Thrills in the Night maybe is like I don't know is like nowhere to run. But anyway, um, yeah, I've had enough in the fire to me is an amazing song. I love the vocals, the just that like. The vocals that happen at the same time as those uh, unison bends, the... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely cool. And even that initial ping where he fires off and dives down with the whammy bar, I I don't think there's much that can be said bad about this track. Uh, Right. Can we talk for a second about Eric Carr? Jesus. Well, go ahead. I mean, the drumming on this is just fantastic. Absolutely. I feel in some ways that he was a bit of a wasted asset on the previous record. I mean, there are moments, like I think, you know, uh, Young and Wasted and, and um, Fits Like a Glove really showcase what Eric Carr is able to do. But in a lot of Lick It Up, I feel like he's a bit restrained by the material. On this record, he gets to just shine. I mean, more than, you know, more than Lick It Up, uh, more than The Elder, it, to me, Creatures and Animalize are the best Eric Carr records. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, Animalize gets a lot of slack, but I remember playing this for people at the time, this track in particular, and people were like, whoa, that's Kiss? Right. You know. Well, right. yeah, well, I think if you look at the the complexity of the arrangement and just the, the thought that went into it and the quality of the songwriting and the melody of this song, it's, I mean, nothing on this record even comes close in, in those terms. This song is... A lot more went into writing this song than anything else on this album, and the arrangement. You know, it's there's so much. It's it's just a great, very very well written song. You know, mm-hmm. 
we threw it out to Facebook and we asked people to rate each track one through 10. Okay. Mm -hmm. And you know, 10, the best and one, not so good. Right. Right. And nine people gave us concise answers and did the numbering system. So these are the podcast nine. And those nine people are Mark Konzorowski, David Wilson, Christopher Goff, Randy Coleman, Scott Harding, Warren Ellis, Rick Frell, Mark Arnold, and Ben Connolly. Ben Connollingus Connolly. <laughs> oh my. We will dub them the, we'll call them the Podkiss Nine. Those nine folks rated these songs one to ten. Out of those nine people, I've had enough into the fire rated a 70. Right. What was the highest? Like, what was the highest any score, any song got? You'll find that out as we go. All right. No okay. peaking. But I, I'm assuming for, you know, for nine people, nine tracks, 70 is really pretty high for I've Had Enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's a good endorsement. And yeah. it's a song that cranks live, too. I mean, they didn't do it on, uh, on the live uncensored video cassette. Isn't right? that sad? Uh, yeah, I mean it's a shame because I, I think live it was really, really strong. Yeah. And and here and you know what? We'll we'll just put it in right here. Here's this song live. Give it a listen.
so I want to take every song off this album and put the word pod in its title. So what would this one be? I've pod enough. What was that? I've pod enough. Is yes, I've pod enough into the fire, or I've had enough into the pod. Which which do you prefer, Gary? Uh, I've pod enough. Yeah. Okay, so we, that's that's the the vote. I've mm-hmm. pod enough into the fire. Yeah. That seems to echo your feelings as of late, Ken. Too. I've pod enough. <laughs> <laughs> Our next track, "Heavens on Fire." Written by Paul Stanley and Desmond Child once again. This is just, to me, a kick-ass track. I love this. I love the parts of the video where they are in performance mode. Not so much the weird wearing a mask and tearing it away and then peeking under a table. and That, that stuff just, it seems like, why are they showing that? It doesn't, other than the girls, it's, it's not much point. But uh, mm-hmm. getting back to the track, to me, this was just a great single. And it did really well on Cleveland Radio. I don't know what it did where you guys live but to me it's just a fun fun track sadly never sounded as good live as it did in the studio bj cramp yeah it's a fun song i've, I've always liked the song but you know i think it's in behind the mask paul's quote about this song is i was striving for simplicity and he definitely achieved that <laughs> it's an incredibly simple song but it's a fun song it's a good pop single you know i don't they were definitely, you know, in this time frame when this album came out was right when Quiet Riot, Rat, Twisted yeah. Sister, all these bands were having huge hit songs. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if this song just didn't quite, uh, you know, make uh, make the level of, of success of those other songs. And I don't know if, it, I guess it's part in part because it's not as good as Round and Round or We're Not Gonna Take It, not, as ca- not quite as catchy or something. And maybe if they had... They were probably positioned to have a hit single, and and this song, well, I think it's good enough to have been a hit. You know, it didn't it didn't quite make it there, um, so it's too bad because this was the timing where they could have kind of got in on all of that. You know, didn't this one do pretty well though? I mean, this record and this. I mean, you know, look, no, compared to the songs that you listed, I yeah. think those those definitely endured better. But. Um, I, I, you know, it was a big hit where I was too, and, and this song, and then the record sold pretty well, I think. Yeah, it was certified gold on December third, nineteen eighty four, and platinum on December twelfth, nineteen ninety. Yeah, they just didn't cross over into like the the big mainstream, you know, top ten Billboard kind of thing. Right, right. That a lot of other similar bands were doing in the same, you know, two three years of that period. It was. It was huge. This kind of music was huge then. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's too bad in a way because, uh, like you said, it's sort of a missed, op- a missed opportunity for Kiss. But don't um, you mean a kissed opportunity? <laughs> kissed opportunity. Trademark. Ting. 
it's such a great sing-along song. And and can I agree for the most part that it just never live they never replicated the power of it.
You know, it's weird looking at the album here. Do you know how many songs were played live? A lot of them. Five songs were off this album were performed at the first show of the Animalized Tour on September 30th, 1984. I've had enough into the fire, heavens on fire, burn, bitch, burn, get all you can take, and under the gun. Two of these songs, burn, bitch, burn, and get all you can take, were only performed once and then dropped. The former was also resurrected unsuccessfully when attempted at various convention dates in 1995. Thrills in the Night was added to the set during the North American leg of the Animalized Tour, and first performed live in December 1984. So that's six. That's six songs out off this record that they did play at some point. Yep. Right. Yeah. Now that's pretty good. By the way, where are you reading this information from? I'm reading that information from KissMonster.com for all of your cool Kiss info need. KissMonster.com. So going with adding pod into the lyric title, Gary, give us your your take on this one. It was on pod. Heavens on Pod, not Pods on Fire? Mm. BJ? What about Heavens Pod Fire? (laughs) (laughs) Split panel on this one, huh? (laughs) So what did I call them real quick? There could be only nine? There could be only nine. The Podkiss 9. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So the Podkiss 9 gives Heavens on Fire an accumulative rating of 75. And that is the highest rated track or most beloved track among these nine Kiss fans. So there you go. That's the number one song off of Animalized for the Podkiss Nine. What do you think, Gary? Is is you think that's fair? I think that's very fair. BJ? I think I've had enough is a way better song, for my personal opinion. Mm-hmm. But I'm not surprised that Heaven's on Fire is the fan favorite. Right. So our next track, this is a song that I've, I hated when it came out. And, you know, I'm somebody that considers himself a feminist. I'm somebody that really respects women. And I, uh, this one's just one of those weird ones. And I'm going to throw this out there. Is this the most misogynistic song on a Kiss album? Gary Schaller, it's Burn, Bitch, Burn. Love is its head. I want to get on the Absolutely, I think without question, the lyrics to this song, I just can't imagine it getting more offensive than this in terms of misogyny. For Kiss songs, in the Kiss catalog, I Uh just have a hard time imagining anything more degrading to women than this. (laughs) Although there is a line in uh, Lonely is the Hunter, uh, and I suppose we'll get to that. We'll probably get to what it is, but uh, that is equally disgusting toward women. Yeah, I'm very proud to skip this song when in the company of anyone I care about. But do you enjoy it? Not particularly. Um, I enjoy it in spite of itself. Or, you know, if I listen to the whole record. You know, if I'm hanging out with my brother and we're on a road trip and we put Animal Eyes on, 
um, sometimes we might sing along to it. That's your safe space. Your brother. Uh, it's just, yeah, it's where I could be an idiot. You know, isn't, it isn't like, uh, you know, there's, there's plenty of things I like that are disgusting. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't really super like this even. And it's not because it's disgusting. Mm-hmm. It's sort of like, you know, a, a, it's a song that, that really didn't blow me away back when the record first came out. You know, these lyrics are the poop icing on the poop cake. <laughs> mm-hmm. They really are. They really are. Just a cut of pink. You wouldn't believe me if I told you. Right. That this time you've, you've bit off more than you can chew. Well, hold on. You're getting ahead of me here. <laughs> B- BJ, what are your, your thoughts on the Gene Simmons written or Gene Simmons penned Burn Bitch Burn? Well, it's really just like a list of cliches. Uh-huh. You know, they're pretty much the lyrics are just, you know, a list of cliches, but th- with innuendo <laughs> added in, I guess. Um, I mean, honestly, if I'm going to listen to Animalize, I'm probably just going to turn it off. On the average day, I'm just going to turn it off after Heaven's on Fire. <laughs> I don't really need to go a lot further on the average day. Um, I One thing I could say about this is I love Gene Simmons' voice in this era, like Lick It Up, Animalize Asylum era. Yes. It's like the higher-pitched scream as opposed to kind of the lower-pitched growl that he did more in the 70s and stuff. I, right. I really love his voice, unfortunately... <laughs> It could have been better utilized with more well-written songs a lot of the time. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the chorus of this song, even absent the lyrics, the chorus of this song is not any good. I don't like it at all. So, you know, the the, the melody on the bridge is all right. But it, this isn't even if I ignore the lyrics, I don't like this song. You know, really, it, it doesn't have much to offer. And then, like Gary said, the lyrics just make it worse. So, yeah, this is pretty worthless for me. I'm never going to want to listen to this. Musically, I really dig it. Have you ever had a song that you loved everything about except for the words? <laughs> yeah. yeah. How, do, how, how do you solve a problem like Maria? How, how do you solve a problem like Burn Bitch Burn, right? Mm-hmm. Let's take a, a look at these lyrics. You notice there's no co-writes on this. I wonder if people like went, I want nothing to do with that. Ken? <laughs> <laughs> Yes. While we read these lyrics, yeah, and I think I think all to be fair, all three of us should take a, a few of these words and read them. Can you? Can we have like you know like Vivaldi's Four Seasons behind it or something that's really it'll, it'll you know, be like, something nice, something yeah, nice. beautiful, okay. you know, like masterpiece theater kind of. Thing. Right. We're we're all going to take a turn here. Are we ready, ladies and gentlemen? Cue the maestro. Well, it's out of the frying pan and into the fire. You bend over, baby, and let me be the driver. It's just a cut of pink. Wouldn't believe me if I told you. But this time you bit off more than you can chew. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Oh, my. Yeah. Just listen to this, babe. You've got nasty habits. It's a fine line. So many girls in so little time. I, I, I. When love rears its head, I want to get on your case. Ooh, yeah. Ooh, baby. Want to put my log in your fireplace. Maybe, baby, you want to get played? So burn, bitch, burn. Ooh. (laughs) Burn, bitch, burn. Ooh. Burn, bitch, burn. 
Ooh. Burn, bitch, burn. Yeah. Well, it's an act of thrust, and any way you slice it, no sticks and stones, no kicks and groans can hide it. So why kid yourself? It's so cut and dry. Your body's condemned, and figures don't lie. I'm gonna cover my class. I won't sit up and beg. I gotta keep my tail between my legs. You're, you're cutting off your nose to spite your face. Yeah. I'm gonna put you in your place. So burn, bitch, burn. Well, the heels are stacked now. Burn, bitch, burn. And there's nothing you can do. Burn, bitch, burn. Ooh, ooh. So don't burn your bridges. Burn, bitch, burn. We're all through. We are all through, baby. So just burn. Wow! <laughs> uh, so, you know, th there's a few moments here. There's a few places on the lyric sheet where the uh, lyrics are different from the record. Yeah. Well, it's out of the pan and into the... Does it say frying pan? I think it's just we're all... You know, no, no, it says frying pan, but like, for example, like on the chorus of this song, right? Yeah. There's lyrics here that... Um, I mean, I don't know how they could edit out any of these lyrics. They're so good. Yeah. Um, right? So, burn, bitch, burn, ooh. Ain't starving for love, won't die of thirst. Burn, bitch, burn, ooh. There ain't no deposit, no return. Now he's talking about soda cans. Um, Wait, what's that from? Right? No, so this is the lyric sheet. I'm, I, I hold in my hands the original vinyl for Animalize. Oh and my. this is the lyric sheet. Oh my. Um, yeah. Right? So the song could have been worse is what you're telling me. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't think so. It's, yeah, it's rough, man. This is a rough song. So, so at which point does it get sexist, though? I mean, educate. <laughs> <laughs> You know, when when does the sexism start? Because it's, you know, well, it's out of the frying pan and into the fire. So far, that's not sexist. That's just culinary. Yeah, that's culinary. Yeah. Gordon Ramsay. Right. You bend, o <laughs> you bend over, baby, and let me be the driver. Still consensual. Everything's fine. Ugh. I, it's hard to get over these lyrics. I, I still enjoy the track. In spite of itself. Look, here's the thing. When I listen to this song, mm -hmm. it takes me back. I enjoy it. It's terrible. And I love it. And all those things are true at the same time. That's right. There's, there's no reason to take the lyrics seriously. They're just incredibly stupid. Yeah. <laughs> That's really all it comes down to. And Gene Simmons, such a smart man, <laughs> to, <laughs> you know, to why it's just why <laughs> but he thought he had you know this was like the role he was playing at the time i guess or he thought it fit his image you know and there's plenty of other <laughs> kiss lyrics that while they don't sink quite as low as this maybe they're pretty close so yeah 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 i mean so you, you just can't take it seriously i mean there's no reason to really Right. And there's no winning for Gene either. I mean, when, you know, when he does serious, everybody mocks him. When he does this shit, everybody mocks him. You know, you can't win. So, well, so just burn your bridges. You know? We're all through. I love Paul's little screams and stuff in it, like the... Oh, my God. I, I have to laugh every time when Paul says the, uh, the oh, yeah, <laughs> at the beginning of that one verse or whatever. Uh, you can't not laugh. <laughs> so musically, what do you think of Burn, Bitch, Burn? 
I just want to point out that is the first time in the history of the human race that those words have been said in that order. (laughs) (laughs) I think that the song itself, musically, is is sound. I, I like it a lot. Yeah, me too. And if it weren't for the charms of the music, I would totally disregard this track. Well, you know, look, here's the thing, okay? And and, we'll, and I think we'll talk about this more uh, in different points in the record, I hope. That, but Gene was bringing in riffs, okay? Right. Uh, I, you, know, you know, how much of it he wrote himself, I don't know. And it's not to say that Paul didn't, you know, had run out of riffs, but, you know, that's a good riff, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, there's a lot of good riffs here from Gene, on the Gene songs, I should say. So Right. So the Podkiss 9 gives Burn Bitch Burn an accumulative score of 49. Boy, that's quite a drop after coming off a high 70 and a high 75 for the two tracks prior. We are all through, baby! So just burn. Oh, yeah! Oh, yeah! (laughs) But don't worry, it gets worse. Man, I'll tell you something. There ain't no fucking country that rocks like England. You know, we go a lot of places. Some places like the Boogie. This is the motherfucking home of heavy metal.
what about burn bitch burn? Are we where's the pod fit in that? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. That's yeah. It'd be pod bitch pod. <laughs> pod bitch pod not burn pod burn, but no, pod bitch no, pod. no, no. Come how on. About, how about pod bitch cast? <laughs> <laughs> that's the new uh, kiss podcast. Pod pod bitch. Well, pod bitch kissed. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Pod kissed pod. Woo-hoo-hoo. That's good. I was about to sing. Can bitch mills. <laughs> <laughs> and there's nothing I can do, BJ. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this is Bill Starkey, and you are listening to Podkist. So our next track, Get All You Can Take. I remember when I was playing this, and it had that swear word in it. <gasps> <laughs> Which is not in the lyric sheet. Yeah, it's not in the lyric sheet. But I remember scrambling to find the lyric sheet. Did they just say the F word? Right. Did they just say fuck in a kiss song? Yeah, it's kind of surreptitiously snuck in there. Like, it's in the background almost. So, yeah, I remember as a kid thinking, that, are they really saying what I think they're saying? Mm-hmm. It sure sounds like it. But you could be 100% sure, like, when I was a kid, you know? But Right. Get All You Can Take, written by Paul Stanley and the incredibly talented Mitch Weissman. So, Gary, your thoughts on Get All You Can Take. So they took the oath, mm-hmm. and they and they slowed it down, and they, they changed the tempo, and they made this song. Really? I don't know. It sounds like that to me, right? You get the oath. is like... Right? Get, get All You Can Take is... You know, it's the same... Well, I know that Paul says he used... The oath in I've had enough to and it keep me coming. That's what he says in I think behind the mask. Really? Yeah. Uh, it's that it's the hammer ons and pull offs, right? The Yeah. Keep me coming. Yeah, I can hear that. I mean, it's just one little device, right? But uh, you know, I feel like get all you can take is sort of, you know, in the same way that like uh, Hell or Hallelujah is the same song as Modern Day Delilah, just sped up and i stole your love mm-hmm. yeah I, I i i can dig it i get it i didn't know about the modern life. <laughs> didn't really care <laughs> no i quite i'm sorry I, I quite like the song actually i i really like it this was one that also has slight differences i think in the lyrics maybe well besides the the f-bomb mm-hmm. but no i like i like it all you can take actually it's kind of fun i, I like the big gang vocal i think i can hear eric carr singing on this one um although maybe it's just 87 paul stanley's probably the latter but i do i do like this song it's fun and in the occasional john bouvoir you know right in there as well yeah, probably absolutely mm-hmm. bj your thoughts on get all you can take it's an all right song definitely not a favorite of mine i probably like the bridge the most uh, same with Burn Bitch Burn, but 
I you know Gary was talking about sister songs earlier, and I think of this as a sister song of Radar for Love on the mm. next album. Kind of like yes. a groove, groove driven. It's like one of those Paul songs that's more about the riff than about the melody. And well, I like, usually, I'm more about the melody usually. So, uh-huh. yeah, like "Keep Me Coming" is also like, I don't know. He would get in a, a, I'm with you, BJ. Like he would get in a thing, and he would he'd like do that over and over again. Like "Keep Me Coming," then "Get All You Can Take." And then uh, Radar for Love. And I think the same thing is true with, like, Under the Gun and I'm Alive. And then there was one on <laughs> yeah. Crazy Nights. I forget what it's called. I forget. But there's a... there's a um, I'll Fight Hell to Hold You, probably, or... Oh, maybe. Or, like, When Your Walls Come Down, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, it's one of those songs. Right, right, right. right, right. I was thinking Gimme More is another one that's kind of like a riff, yep. groove-driven song that's not really as melodic as his other stuff. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. Well... This one goes on the Ken Mills workout playlist, which which has also got Trial by Fire and I've Had Enough Into the Fire and a lot of songs right. about fire, apparently. But this is one of those ones when you're doing your 80s montage, this is one of those tracks. Get all you can take. And the, the part in the lyrics where it talks about get down, fool around, if you got half a chance, you take it. God, I swear to God, I'm listening to like a Kenny Loggins track from any action film in the 80s <laughs> those lines in particular yeah i like that yeah. yeah that's like the bridge part i was talking about that's the best part of the song for me yeah the i cor- think the chorus is kind of a little flat for me it's just kind of but that so. pre-chorus is really cool yeah yeah wise up can't you hear me saying bj <laughs> i'm pretty sure that when they played this live and i and we can drop it into the show right here but i'm pretty sure when they played this live you know during the like the last big chord that they hold at the end while the drums are going crazy, mm-hmm. you know, that Paul reprises that line from the chorus, you know, they're like, bow, and he's like, what fucking difference does it make? It's like really stretch it out.
have you ever had a kiss song stuck in your head when you hear a phrase of course like yeah. i think it's gonna rain that whenever someone <laughs> says i think it's gonna rain all of a sudden you know it just kicks yeah, off sure. in my head and some people say well what fucking difference does it make and i'm like and by the way everyone on this panel can play uh kiss mouth guitar Yes. Some of that Ken Mills mouth action. <laughs> Wait. So our panel of the Podkiss 9 gave Get All You Can Take an accumulative score of 46. So people actually gave Burn Bitch Burn a higher <laughs> score than the great Get All You Can Take. That's sad. Yeah. So, I guys, I love you, and I understand some of you are going, but I hate that track. I will say that one person gave Burn Bitch Burn a 10. <laughs> that same person gave Get All You Can Take a 5. So this is how it works. Well, you know, they can vote however they want, but what fucking difference does it make? You know? <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> <sighs> okay. <laughs> I'll tell you something, just as long as we're talking about lyrics and all that. Okay? Yeah. I do remember very distinctly that, you know, this is the, I, I got Creatures when it came out, and I got this when it came out. I remember the experience of reading the lyrics along with, you know, listening to Creatures, okay? Mm -hmm. And how evocative a lot of those lyrics were and how interesting they were. I mean, that was like, you know, between the title track and War Machine and everything else, like, there's a, it really is like the dark cartoon comic book band, okay? Mm -hmm. Not just the sex and love songs, okay? Right. And even those were more evocative, okay? But I remember reading these lyrics when this record came out and distinctly having that kind of like, these, like I love this, this record, I love the music, but man, these lyrics say nothing to me. <laughs> well, how old were you? Sure, that's fair. I was, you know. you know, fourth grade or whatever, right? It's like songs about bend over, let me be the driver is not going to have a lot of meaning, but... Uh, Hopefully. Well, yeah, if I have a... <laughs> Hopefully like a, that means nothing. Childhood, right? Yeah. Yeah. But uh, no, I just you know, they they did the best they could. Let's say. Right. Sometimes you got to bend the rules to make it. Right. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> you know, honestly, I don't know how he survived singing that song. I know. Like, how do you not pass out or hemorrhage or have a stroke when you're hitting those notes? I don't know. I God don't bless, know. man. The days before auto-tune. Back when you actually had to have talent? Jeez, yeah. BJ, what do you think of Paul's performance vocally on this? Yeah, he's great. He's great on this. I think Gene's great vocally on this album, too. Agreed. And then Get All You Can Take would be... Pot All You Can Take. Pot All right. You Can Take. I like that. Yeah. As opposed to Get All You Can Pot. Right. <laughs> I like pot all you can take. That's good. Our next track, Lonely is the Hunter, written solo by Gene Simmons. Gary Schaller, your thoughts on Lonely is the Hunter. Okay, so there's two things that are true about this song. One is, it's fucking awesome. The other is, the lyrics are ridiculous. What do you mean? 
Uh, you know, it's just the eggs in one basket. She threw me a phone. She was dealt a full deck, but she likes to live alone. Uh, girls love I, money. Girls love money like bees to honey is the, is the line I was referring to earlier that is perhaps, you know, less um, overtly disgusting than the Burn Bitch Burn lyrics. You know, if, if any line in this record is a line that I would be mortified. What, the but I would, I would say at least you didn't say bitches love money. <laughs> Let's be so funny. <laughs> right, why not? You know? <laughs> Jesus. So wait a second. You're saying out of all the lyrics on this al- album, yep, girls love money like bees to honey yep. is worse than burn bitch burn. That's right. And okay. I'll tell you why. <laughs> <laughs> because... Look, none of it, again, none of it is appropriate for children. And yeah. I, I had no fucking business listening to it either. But we, you know, we all did. Yeah. Okay. But if I had to choose between, uh, you know, s- s- like kind of blatant sexist crap versus misogyny, right? You know, saying, you know, like, oh, I want to fuck you versus women are gold diggers. Right. I think I would choose the former. Mm. You know, I just had a thought. Can you imagine, like, Cher or Diana Ross reading these lyrics? <laughs> Jesus. You know what I mean? <laughs> these are the women in his life. And then uh, yeah. I wonder what they would have thought. <laughs> I'll tell you what they would have said. They would have said, we are all through, baby. <laughs> I can't imagine anyone reading these lyrics and saying, okay. <laughs> True. <laughs> Good job, guys. Good job. Yeah, I, I, he has a point. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, Lonely is the Hunter, can we just talk about how cool the music is, right? Because yeah. this is a sick riff, and there's not that many times in history. They don't have anything to prove like that they know how to divide numbers or anything, but this is, you know, you don't hear Kiss in seven very often. Right. Right? And this is a really weird, twisty song uh, in terms of the, what the beat does. The, that interplay between the guitars, bass, and the drums. Fantastic. So weird. But this is one of those Gene Simmons riffs, right? Yeah. Like whether it be uh, Calling Dr. Love or War Machine, where he just comes upon a really cool riff. So, lyric, you know, lyrically, the song is shit. Except sure. for the, I do like the, but Lonely is the Hunter, you're my one and only, and Lonely is the Hunter. Yeah. That's the best part and even in the part of in the heat of battle the heart can yes. rule that's cool that's a great I line. like that too yeah but this garbly gook of you know it could be just about anything else my eggs in one basket she threw me a bone yeah hey yeah come on <laughs> right, right. I, I gotta point i have to point <laughs> sorry sorry i have to point something out though we were talking about uh gary was talking about hearing the oath and get all you can take do you guys hear the part from only you in this song yes the part, yeah, the part right before the in every age and every time. There's the, there's the riff and the. It's in this song. Yeah, yes. so he oh, took wow. it. I never connected that before, but I know exactly. Of course, as soon as you said it, right? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's brilliant. So he took that and stuck it in. So that shows you what they thought of the elder. They were, you know, they were like that. That album is. We're gonna pretend it didn't exist and just cannibalize it for other stuff. That was kind of their <laughs> thoughts on the elder at the time. I this do comes like off that. the album Cannibalize. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really do like that kind of uh, instrumental bit at the end mm-hmm. that you're referring to. 
it's it's kind of funky and I dig it. Let's see what the Podkiss 9 thought of Lonely is the Hunter. The the Podkiss 9 gave the track Lonely is the Hunter a 43, which is so far the the worst score on the album so far. Mm. So if if we were to look, you know, we peaked at Heaven's on Fire and we've been going downhill ever since, right? So according to the Podkiss 9, that's their score. Now, of course, if we were to pod this title, it would be Obviously. Podley is the hunter. Podley is the hunter. That, that works for me. <laughs> Imagine a podcast where that's all you ever talk about is this song. Over. Lonely is the podcaster. Oh, <laughs> 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 that's sad. <laughs> that's good. Uh-huh. So let us know what you think of Animalize. Side one. And thank you for playing along with us today and listening listening along with us. We we do not take you for granted. And with this episode, we are officially into the 10-year celebration of doing this show. Who would have thunk it, but here we are. Thank awesome. you, Gary. Thank you for starting it off. Yeah, and, and just a shout-out also to James Hager for making this happen 10 years ago. It wouldn't have happened. And Ken, of course, you. We send this out to Tony Gam, the late great Tony Gam, who is no longer with us, but he kind of helped laid the tracks that we're still running on today. So thank you, Tony. Yeah. Rest in peace, brother. We love you. And we'd also like to send a shout out to Roy Myers, who is one of the guys behind the scenes who keeps the website running and making sure that uh, the work that Tony started continues on. He's the guy who makes the website look as good as it does. So thank you, Roy. Thank you, you, Roy. Yeah. All righty. Well, there we go. That was side one of Animal Eyes. Join us on the next episode of Podkist, where we flip over Animal Eyes and dive into side two. And that is our show. Thanks again for listening. Be sure to check us out on the web at www.podkist.com. You can also find us on Facebook and on iTunes. If you'd like to contact the podcast, please drop us a line at podcast at gmail.com. Big thanks to Julian and everyone at kissfaq.com. They've got great information there and a terrific message board, too. Thanks also to Keith LaRue and everyone else at Kiss Online for their great work representing the hottest band in the land. And as always, a big thanks to Paul Stanley, Gene Simmons, Ace Fraley, Peter Chris, Vinnie Vincent, Bruce Kulik, Eric Singer, Tommy Thayer, and the memory of the late great Eric Carr, and the late great Mark St. John. You are KISS, and we are your army. Podkist is created by the KISS Army for the KISS Army, and it is available for free as an internet download. If you like what you hear on our show, go buy it and support the people who made it. Podkist is not affiliated with KISS or any of its members past or present. On behalf of myself, Ken, and the whole rest of the Podkist crew, 
Thank you for listening to Podkist, the KISS fanzine for your ears. Check out these ads from the following shows. We are proud to call them the friends of the Podkiss Network. We are one. We're a scene man. That's right, Kiss Army. We're having a rock and roll party, and you are invited. Tune into the Strange Ways Kiss Podcast and hang out with your Kiss Army brothers, Jody Havnock, Clinton Harris, and D Rock. Join us where we celebrate and discuss the gods of thunder. That's Strange Ways Kiss Podcast. You can find us on Facebook or Podomatic.com. We'll see you there. You wanted the best, you got the best. And if you want the hottest show on Monco Radio, join us in the Kiss Room. The Kiss Room is a monthly radio broadcast celebrating the hottest band in the world. It's your place for all things Kiss and some... For broadcast dates and all information, go to thekissroom.com. The Kiss Room broadcasts live and worldwide on Monco Radio, where music and minds meet. Hey, I'm Dr. F***. And I'm the Ayatollah of Alcohola. And we are from the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. If you want to check out some crazy, uncensored, unbiased, totally nuts reviews of classic hard rock and heavy metal albums, Check us out. You can get us on Podbean and iTunes. New episodes every Sunday. That's right. And we also do each other's moms. True. Free of charge. Well, mine charges. Oh, yeah. Yeah, mine's free. Kistory Science Theater. The most civilized? Yeah. Oh, f***. <laughs> oh, f***. <laughs> Come on. Respectful. Just imagine Gene with like, like a with like a washtub base. Boom, 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 boom. And serious. No wait. Excuse me, Bob. You're gonna come over and do my album. <laughs> Kiss podcast on the web. History science theory. We bust balls because we care. Rock and roll and vinyl are meant to go together. <laughs> like drummers and strippers. <laughs> That's right. So maybe it's time to hop on down to your local record store and go digging for some lost gems on vinyl. And that's exactly what we do here at the Shabby Road Record Show. We pick selections from our own personal record collections, and then we discuss the songs, the artists, the albums, and the stories about the music that you may have never heard. And there's nothing more fun than listening to two knuckleheads spinning vinyl and talking music. So dive on into the five-star rated podcast, The Shabby Road Record Show. You can subscribe for free on iTunes, Spreaker, and Stitcher, where there's a new episode released every Tuesday. Also, you can find us on Facebook and at our website, ShabbyRoadRecordShow.com. Hey, this is Nick, co-host of The Pod of Thunder, the only KISS podcast that breaks down the entire KISS song catalog one track at a time. Every week we have a new song chosen at random, and we do our best to analyze it. We talk about KISS-related topics and non-KISS-related topics, all the while trying not to kill each other. If you like the sound of that, check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and especially on iTunes. Pod of Thunder! Hey everybody, I'm Aaron. And I'm Chris. And we're from the Decibel Geek Podcast. And if you love this... (laughs) 
you'll love us. That's right. Brand new episode every single Monday. You can find us on iTunes and at decibelgeek.com. And the best thing is, it's rock and roll, and it's always free. Podcast Rock City. What's up, everybody? This is Joe from Podcast Rock City, where every week, me and my crew will bring you the Kiss News of the Week. Look at us as kind of a Kiss version of Meet the Press, your source for Kiss News every week. We're on iTunes, Podomatic, Twitter, and Facebook. Down this morning, but y'all know how I earn a living. No, we don't. All right, I was on the assumption y'all would have been brief about who I am. No matter. My name is Neon Joe, werewolf hunter, and I'm here because when someone get killed by a werewolf, I get a call. And I got a call late last night because somebody think the actor Paul Rudd was killed by a werewolf. I saw the body. Wasn't no crazed fan did that. Not unless crazed fan werewolf. Maybe it was a dude werewolf. Maybe it was a chick werewolf. Hey, maybe even a, uh, a chick with a dick werewolf. Man, you ever see one of those? Blow your mind. Whatever the case, for $25,000, I'll find this beast for you. I'll catch it. Kill it. For seventy-five. Oh, well, you want people saying that you're cute B&Bs? Buying up all your antiques, eating up all your artisanal mayonnaise, and I suggest you pony up. You can take your chance and uh, roll the dice! Thank you for that offer, Neon Joe. We will take it under advisement. Uh, Hill, you make up your mind, you let me know. Y'all know where to find me. No, we don't. Oh, we're great at that. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that's, we are amateurs. Yeah, I make all the sex sounds with my mouth afterwards. <laughs> Squish. You guys belong in a mental institution. That's how we met, actually. It was lovely. Yeah. Look. Ooh. This place oh. is nice. Right? I'm glad you wore your nice flip-flops. <sighs> Stay frosty, man. Okay.